Hello and welcome to episode 93 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Gem G and with me, as always, the Steve Harris to my Bruce Dickinson, Mr Kev P. I'll say I'm more versed than you. Why is that? I just am. Okay. The Bruce Dickinson to my Steve Harris, Mr <laughs> Kev P. Is that better? That's better. Okay. Yeah. So today we've got a guest interview. We have Mark from Dead Demons and Dead Demons are a band who we recommended way back, I think, at the start of this year. We came across them through Metal to the Masses in Nottingham and they made it all the way to the final there this year. They've got a new EP out on the 6th of October called Trial by Fire. So Mark came along to have a chat with us about that and lots of other stuff, including broccoli on pizza. Okay, so we've got a guest interview today. We've got Mark from the Dead Demons. How are you doing? I'm all right, guys. How are you? All right. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good, good. Okay, and let's start at the beginning and tell us all about how the Dead Demons began, when you began, where you began. It feels so long ago now. Um, it, it feels like absolute decades, but uh, actually, it was only it was only um, three years ago. Right before that, uh, we can't talk about it now. We're not allowed to talk about the p word and the and the c word. We're not allowed to use those words anymore. Um, but uh, right before the COVID pandemic, sorry, Rishi, you know, um, right before that all that happened back in January 2020, uh, Chris came to me with a couple of the guys that were we were in the band with previous and said. Uh, I've got these original material and I want to try and give it a go. What, what do you think? Um, something that had never, ever crossed my mind when I started out in music. I'd, I'd never really thought about writing my own material, do anything like that. And we said, yeah, do you know what? Let's let's give it a go. And it was, um, so, sorry, I, I, I forgot to ask before we started recording. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? You oh, yeah, absolutely are. <laughs> so so the exact words were ah fuck it let's go you know and that was that was kind of it was in the deepest darkest of doncaster that's how it goes on our bio and um we 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 you know it was really quick in setting it up and we had four songs pretty much within two months and we were we were starting to record back in march 2020 uh at the supernova in, in doncaster and and then all of a sudden everything ground to a halt because of because of lockdowns because of you know everything that was happening and then it, it, we had the drummer left and then during the lockdowns we found somebody else and then the bass player left and then it was this is why it's taken us so long to get extra stuff out because it's been it's been almost like a spinal tap thing as we've we've we've, we've all all said like a bit of a rolling door and it's been crazy so me and chris are the only two kind of left after three years but uh that was that was how it all started and um it's it's been a crazy three years to think about it so i suppose influence wise kind of what sort of shapes the the sound for you who kind of like influences you guys well i'll, I'll talk about the current setup now because to start delving into what was before is is you know um so i'll start from the back the the actual engine so for johnny is made his influences and these are these this is a direct quote that he said to me the other day <laughs> I like it nice and easy. Bit of ACDC. Uh, he was in a Led Zepp tribute for a long time. So, and he he doesn't like to admit it, but he loves he loves Nico McBrain. He he loves him. He, you can just tell. He's just bought a new rack, Tom, and and it's it's solely for Iron Maiden numbers and and, and a bit of more Nico. So that's Iron Maiden's a big influence, and that is for me as well, vocally and 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 stage presence wise. Um, we, you know, it, you must talk to hundreds of, but well, yourselves, you'll talk to hundreds of bands, and they'll all say, you know, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, the usuals. So 
um, the, the the couple of things that are a little bit different, I would I would say, would be Chris is a big fan of Zach Wilde, huge fan of Zach Wilde. You'll have heard in the new EP that there's some there's some pinch harmonics in there. What what he got, you know, obviously it's his massive influence for Zach, the driving kind of biker rock kind of feel. Um, more recently, I've I, I've been using my vocals more towards um, uh, maybe more towards Blaze Bailey and and a little bit of James Hetfield, a little bit of low Rob Halford, you know, more growling and just trying to make sure that there's there's a lot more mood in the song, a lot more emotion rather than just a straight you know straight through. Let's just get this pummeled. It's it's you know it's trying to engage a bit more with with the story of the song. And then Pete, there's Van Morrison. But we don't like to talk about Van Morrison. <laughs> he won't talk about it, but he loves Van Morrison. He's the black sheep of the band, then. Unfortunately, yes, but he's he's a hell of a bass player, so we we can't get rid of him. That's just no <laughs> way. Okay, so new EP then, Trial by Fire, out on the sixth of October. Yeah. We've already had a listen to it. We really like it. But for people who haven't heard it yet, obviously because it's not out, tell us a bit more about it and how long has it been in the making. Well, <laughs> since. Uh, since since Johnny joined, so uh, January last year, um, this one took a longer process. The first EP was very much a, a rush job. Um, that you can hear on Mortu's Daemonia that there's a lot of um, it, it's it's. I don't want to put Jason down at Supernova because he was a great guy. He did us a lot of favors, but it was it was a rushed production where there was miscommunication. We were all new at it. We want to sound how we'd like to sound live. So he went, okay, I'll just whack the gain up on everything that's not really what we wanted jay so i tell a lie actually sorry no it actually started with uh another spacing time back in march when we recorded that and that was that was obviously the original single and then it built onto an ep and that was the bar that we set so this so for me for trial by fire there's there's a higher production we've taken our time with these songs we've actually built on them and we've the, the the way that they sound on the EP now is not how they sounded when they were first rehearsed. And there was moments in it that we went over and it was, that's now too much. We need to strip that back. And then there was parts where it's, that's not enough. We need to build on it. And I like to say that trial by fire is the next step. And it's, it's another bar that we've now raised, you know, not only for the EP, but, but live performances and 12 years time, we're going to have a 25 foot Derek on stage, spitting flames out his eyes. And, <laughs> you know, and that's, 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 that's me dreaming again. You know, <laughs> I've been told to stop that. That's, we can't have that too much in the budget. <laughs> and so obviously with the new EP, what's kind of like the songwriting process for you guys? So Chris normally comes to us with an idea and says, I've got this, you know, these few words, this, this couple of riffs. And then, It'll be. It'll normally build with start with Johnny. It'll it'll build with the drums, and then and then Pete will latch on and do his own thing. As far as the lyrics are concerned, um, Chris will either have a lot of lyrics already written, and then I'll start to change a few bits, or he'll come to me with a couple of lines, and then out of that comes. Because I'm like I said, I'm a very I'm a big Iron Maiden fan. Uh, Halloween, you know, uh, there's the songs like. Um, Savotage, the Hall of the Mountain King, things like that that tell a great big story. And um, Time is Your Enemy is a really good example because Chris came to me with one line on one piece of paper and one line on another piece of paper. And I said, well, 
let's just do that. They, they both fit. They both fit within the same mood of the song. They both tell the same story. Let's let's get them in. So that songwriting process is very much like a dream theater style. We all do it together in the rehearsal room. There's no, there's no, we don't, I don't walk off and write my own stuff and then bring it forward to the guys. It's very much a riff comes in and then everybody sort of just jams some sort of stuff together and then out comes a song. So I just want to talk a bit about Metal to the Masters because you got all the way to the final in Nottingham this year. So how was the competition for you this year? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much for the for the blinding review that you gave us. That was that was it was um it was a a, a silver lining in, in otherwise a dark cloud. Um for me, Bloodstock is something quite close. You know, I I, I went first went in 2018 and it was it was fantastic and uh, I've raved about it ever since. Um, you know, metal is in it's in my blood. Has been ever since I was fourteen, starting with Maiden and then moving on. It's always been metal, metal. Never, never really rock or roll and things like that. I've always been a metal. You know, uh, in another lifetime, I'd be a gatekeeper, shouting at people with t-shirts in the in the streets, saying "Name three songs by," you know, uh, <laughs> of God. But you know, it, it's you know, but no, metal to the masses. It was good. It was it was nice to. The competition was tough. Everybody was, especially as you moved on, you could see the level of of of, of professionalism that they started to bring. Um, the final was unfortunate because uh, Beyond Your Design didn't get to finish the whole set. It would have been nice to see them from the whole set. But between me, you, and the, the thousands of people that are going to listen to this podcast, at the moment I saw them play, the moment that they played their second song and they got that circle pit going, I said to my wife straight away, I says, they're going through because there's just something about them that fits beautifully within Bloodstock. We do well at Bloodstock, but we are not, we're not metalcore. We're not, we're not that genre that does really so well on the Hobgoblin, on the, on the blood, you know, the new blood on the, on the Jaeger stage. We, we do well, but we wouldn't, we're not the best fit which I totally understood and I, I still take in my stride now that, like you guys said, and I, I keep pushing Chris Sunby for it, if we play Stone Dead, we we would do well, you know. And yeah. He won't listen. He will He will eventually, <laughs> but he's not listening at the moment. It's uh, it's it's hard. But, uh, no, it was good. And it's always nice to, to keep playing to see the level of how far we've come and also how far – other bands are starting to push themselves and and it's it's always great to see so kind of on that are you planning on doing metal to the masses in the future we don't know um it's this year was a heavy blow last year we got through to the semi-finals at sheffield and we kind of said okay fair enough this year to get all the way through to the finals to to lose out like that was it was hard. It was, you know, I was, I was, I was absolutely gutted. I wanted to be pleased for Beyond Your Design at the same time, but let's be honest, you can't be. You, you, you wanted to be, you wanted that to be that your name, but we don't know. Is is the honest answer? We we think we might be, but we're not sure. It's still something that's we're still a little bit sore about it at the moment. Well, it, it's still some time away yet before yeah. it starts again. So, and obviously you've played Sheffield, you've played Nottingham. So, you know, and the things with Metal to Nass is that many locations that you could even try. Oh, don't tell, don't, don't tell Chris. You've just, I'll, I'll not tell Chris to listen to this. He'll be, you know, <laughs> I've already said, oh, we'll do Manchester next. He's like, no, no, no. 
for us, it's a it's a great net. I think for every band, really, it's a great networking opportunity as well. I think we we got a couple of good couple of gigs out of heel turn promotions last year from the Sheffield one to talk to Tom Else and Laura Pearson, who, who who ran the whole thing that did a fantastic job. Um, for them to sort of say, look, well, if anything comes up in Nottingham, do you guys want to begin? It's like absolutely. I think that that I think that that would be is is a much greater reward. Than, I'm, I'm going to sound stupid saying this, but you're going to say this is a runner-up. I think that's a greater reward than playing Bloodstock. But I'm not going to say no. You know, I'm going to say, you know, if somebody says, oh, do you fancy playing Bloodstock? I'm not going to go, no, no, I've played at night. It's all right. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's we yeah, like I said, I, we don't know at the moment. There's there's some things in the pipeline for next year that we, we can't share at the moment that we want to keep under our hats and, we don't want to ruin them by committing to a medal to the masters that we we don't know if we get through, you know. Okay. Lips are sealed. Lips are sealed. I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore. No. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the quick fire round then. Okay. So number one then is who is the most famous person that you've met? Oh, Jeremy Paxman. <laughs> that I was not expecting. No, no, nobody expects that. No, I, I could, I could have gone and said Steve Harris, Bruce Dickinson, but let's be honest, it, the most famous person I've ever met would be Jeremy Paxman. We're in the streets of London. Uh, me and my wife were out doing the tourist thing, and he walked past me, and I went, "Oh my god, it's Jeremy Paxman!" And my wife did the best thing ever that she could ever do. Who the fuck is Jeremy Paxman? <laughs> so I explained to her that he, he's the man that like built the modern journalism as it was. And, you know, because you've got to be a nerd. And uh, it's I'm gutted because I went to shake his hand and he uh, and some guy pushed past me and went, Jeremy, big fan, Jeremy, big fan. I was like, so I did get to say, you know, you know, hello. But that was about as far. So I'm going to stick with Jeremy Paxman. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, what's your favourite pizza topping? Uh, we went out to po- I went out to Poland loose recently, and it was ham, broccoli, and green olives. Yes, that's exactly the face my wife pulled. It's, it's it was fantastic. It had no tomato sauce on it. It was like a white sauce, and it was it was like a pancetta ham style. And then it was broccoli, and it was green olives, and it was one of the best tasting things I've ever had. I know it sounds strange, but it is. It was fantastic. So I mean the ham and the olives I get, but the broccoli—that's real. Oh, it was great. It was a real curveball. Great favorite venue that you've either played in or watched a gig in. The Night Train in Bradford. We are. Um, we <laughs> they, they keep joking with us, but we are the house band. But uh, Keith, Michaela, and the rest of the team up there are, are fantastic. We've we've played some fantastic gigs up there. Uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, Wayward Sons. Uh, with Toby Jepson, Jeff Tate. Uh, more recently, we played Bradstock last uh, this year. It's it's the boy. They've been fantastic to us, and I will never forget them. And they are pretty much for me the build up of our where we are now. I've heard a lot about the venue, but it's not one we've ever it's, been to. No, it's not. I yeah. would highly recommend it. Very highly recommend it. So, what's the worst job you've ever had? I worked at McDonald's for four and a half years. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of fast pace, and it's 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 fast food, and it's you you trek like an idiot, you trek like scum. It's it, it was just not a great job. What song do you wish you had written? Wow, that's a great question. Um, Arc of Space by Bruce Dickinson. It's uh, it's I don't know if you know the song, but it's a fantastic song. It's very powerful. It's all to do with cultists getting the uh, wrong about the end of the world. It's a great song, and I wish. 
I wish that I'd, yes, I wish I'd written that one. That was it's a great song. Okay. What was the last meal you cooked? Uh I cooked shredded beef with chestnut mushrooms, onions, with potato croquettes last night. Oh I know. Very much fun about the house then. Oh uh, well, I didn't burn it. That was that was the main <laughs> I was really pleased that I didn't burn it. <laughs> no, uh, I can't talk about too much about it because my wife says I'm not going to stop hearing about this now for the next four months. <laughs> yeah, I'm that kind of person. Well, I'm a front man. That's that's you have to have your ego stroke somewhere. And if I'm not gigging, it has to be in the kitchen. What song would be your theme tune? Oh, I want out by Halloween. Interesting choice. Yeah, it's um, basically I don't really care for people's opinions, and and I I'm not really one to let people push me around. And it's uh, I want out to live my life and let me be me sort of thing that's you know these are quick fire i can't i can't keep explaining them i don't know (laughs) (laughs) okay final quick fire um what's your pre-gig ritual so i i basically go into a quiet room i'll get changed into my stage gear and i will use uh jacob's vocal academy i'm really quite happy to plug him and uh i do some breathing techniques I'll then do a, a five to ten minute vocal warm up, and then I will sing "The Spirit Carries On" by the Dream Th- by Dream Theatre because it's it's got the lows and the highs in it, just to help blow the cobwebs away. Before I spend pretty much the whole day on vocal rest to make sure that I can hit every note and not having cracking because I can't. Yeah. I'm a cracking. Okay, back to the normal questions then. Okay. So you mentioned some of the support slots that you've done previously by kind of Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, Wayward Sons, etc. Yeah. What would you say has been your best experience out of all the ones that you've done? So I did an interview recently with Diane from MMH Radio, and I think in there I said that the best one was the treatment at the Queen's Hall in Nuneaton. Um, it was amazing. It was a it was a, a a great bouncy venue. The crowd were really appreciative. A lot of the crowd had set, had turned up late, uh, and they we'd had at least ten or fifteen people come up and apologise because the venue had not changed the timings on the tickets. Which these things happen, you know. There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of bands that are having to run through. But honestly, truthfully, I've got to say the Wolfsbane gig that we did at Greystones in uh, in Sheffield to me to to play before and then to meet blaze bailey afterwards was he's iron maiden and he 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 is kind of a you know he he is a hero let me on it you know he's one of my vocal um one of my vocal you know experiences that i I really got into during my pure maiden phase and yeah to meet him and he's so humble he first thing he asked was how was the sound was the sound okay for you guys well yeah Yo, Blaze Bailey, why the fuck do you care what, what <laughs> we sound like? Why, why do you care about these things? But he does, and and I've seen, I've met him two or three times after that, and he's always the same. He's like, you know, hi, you're all right, and hi, Blaze, okay, and he's like, yeah, yeah, how was it okay? Is everything all right? Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and and I'll never ever, uh, I'll never forget it. And it, it was, yeah. It's always nice when you when you get somebody like that who, you know, you kind of look up to. And they treat you like you want to be treated. A human being, yeah. A human being, yeah. Yeah, no, no pretentiousness, no prima donna, just they talk to you as a person. Yeah, and it was it was, it was truly um, 
yeah, just to just to waste two more minutes of your time there. Um, we did we played with Toby Jepson, like I said, at the Wayward Sons in, in Night Train, and this this one really really blew me back. We played previous with Phil Campbell. Now I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Phil Campbell was uh, is still very quite self conscious about contact with COVID and things like that. Ooh, totally understandable. So when I said hello to Phil and uh, and went to put my hand out, obviously he, he just went, "Hey, you're all right," and then walked past. He, you know, it's, it's not rude. It's just it's it's you know, totally get that. I think he's had COVID a couple of times, and I think it scared him. So totally understand. Toby, I was stood, I was stood just coming away from the merch, and he walked through with his suitcase. Hi, Toby. All right, and I, I swear to God, I've never expected this. He went, "Hello." He put his suitcase down and put his hand forward to shake my hand. And he went, he went, how are you? Are you all right? It's like, you you don't know who I am. You're, you're Toby Jepson. I know who you are. Little Angels, Wayward Sons, Planet Rock. I know who you are, but you don't know who I am. So why are you so polite? <laughs> get away, get away, go away. You know, and that, he didn't. He was, he was fantastic. And I explained who, you know, who I was and not just some random person. And uh, he was so good about it. I I did upset him though by saying, "Can you know? I love how you are on Planet Rock. You're such a fantastic host. Can you teach Alice Cooper how to do that? Because he's shit." And he <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, he, I think that was the end of the conversation. Then <laughs> to, he didn't respond well to that. Okay, so you guys have done quite a lot of gigs and festivals this year. What's kind of like, um, what's been your favourite gig so far this year? Um, this year, there's so many to pick from, and we, we like you said, there's, we we do a lot. I would have to say Bradstock, uh, again, nowhere has made us feel unwelcome. We've always felt welcome. It's always been fantastic. But for me, Bradstock, again, it's night train. It's 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 kind of our home away from home now. And But um, to, to play with uh, people at a priory and, and 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 everybody and Phil Campbell was was headlining and and uh, but the the Bradford crowd was was just fantastic. They've seen us a handful of times before, and you'd think that they get sick of us, but they, they they don't. They get louder and more excited every time we come on, and and it was yeah. I mean yeah. I, that, it's got a, that one's got to stand out for me really. Yeah, but it must be good to kind of you know when you say that you these people have come back and they've seen you again. It must be great to have that kind of core support there. Yeah, it, it's nice to see that when we play, they do come and they will, they'll come again and again and again. And I mean, it's got to the point now where Keith has said, I can't have you as the opening support anymore because I get told off, you know, because obviously <laughs> it's early on, you know, and he's, he's, he's like, people come up to me and say, why were they opening up? Why are they not on second? And it's like, I understand you can't help that sometimes, Keith, but... Uh, you know, just saying, you know, next time. That's it. Give the fans what they want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so we know that you've got the EP launch party coming up. Yep. On the 7th of October. That's right. Yep. Have you got any other live gigs coming up this year? Ooh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've just had one cancelled in a couple of weeks' time at the Vortex in Wakefield. I believe Liberty Slaves are having to sort out a new drummer. I think it's too short a notice. So unfortunately, we've had that one uh, cancelled, postponed. Uh, so yes, there's, a, there's the EP launch party on the 7th of October at the Jukeries Brewery in Worksop. The day after, we're actually playing a uh, fox hunting charity event in the, at the church house in Sheffield. Without looking at my band diary, I've got to think very carefully. Um, 
we've just had a gig come through on the 18th of November at the pub in Lancaster. And I can't, oh, we're, we're, see, this is what I now. If I don't have it written down in front of me, it just sort of pops in my head. And in 20 minutes time, I'll go, sorry, stop there. I need to tell you about this one. We are in fact actually supporting uh, Wolfsbane again at the Greystones in Sheffield again. Uh, oh, excellent! In, in December, and uh, we we can't wait. It was it was fantastic last time, and and to see and we we were looking forward to seeing how Jace is getting on and, and Blaze. Obviously, they both had health issues, and it'd be nice to see how they're getting on. And yeah, so uh, the the launch party in Workshop. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm taking over a little bit here. The Lodge Party in Workshop, we actually have two other bands with us. We've got um, Abattoir, which is a, a witch find band. I can't say tribute because Tracy will shout at me. <laughs> um, they, basically, Tracy was in Witch Find and he's now not in Witch Find, but he wanted to continue the Witch Find music. So he's, he's carried on with Abattoir. I'll be singing front man for that one as well. And uh, so I'm going to have a busy night on the, on the Saturday. And we've also got Medusa Touch, which is another new Wobbum band, which I, I like that. I like the idea of having two new Wobbum bands with us on that night because I think it shows um, the, not the turning of the tide, but the kind of the the way that the sound has evolved over the years. And uh, I saw recently a, a, a news article about uh, Bring Me the Horizon and the architects um, starting to... Uh, headline festivals and and it was kind of saying that, that the legends are now passing on the torch onto the newer style of metal and I think that's great but there still needs to be room for the ones that want to sound like the old sounding you know the the heavy rock the, the you know the, the the just teetering on the heavy metal side you know I can't scream and uh, I I don't think my wife had let me have tattoos all the way down my arm and up my neck <laughs> and, you know and 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 I can't wear those t-shirts that they wear it i just look like a badly packed sausage roll you and me both <laughs> <laughs> so i i like the the fact that i'm playing with with abattoir and and with medusa touch on that night i think is perfectly fitting and uh, I, i'm i'm looking forward to it so then plans for 2024 so we'd, we'd already spoke you're not sure what's happening with metal to the masses and you've got something yeah. else coming up that you can't talk about just yet yeah i can't talk about that one <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you can share so we have got a couple of things in the pipeline. Uh, I can tell you because it's been publicly announced already. We are playing at SOS Fest in old, at the Whittles in Oldham with uh, the likes of the the one two the Hot One Two and uh, White Raven Down and things like that. So that's that's going to be because I remember seeing White Raven Down a few years ago at HRH in Leicester. So it'd be nice to see a, uh, to to have a band of that level. For, for us to work alongside them. Um, aside from that, there's a couple of things that we're looking at, but there's there's nothing set in stone at the moment. Another couple of festivals I'm trying to push out towards Europe, but it seems to be a lot harder than maybe I wanted to believe. Um, yeah, they they are very. It's it's ironic, really. They they want to really hold on to the old style metal, and when somebody who approaches them and says we are closer to the old style metal than what the new bands are. They kind of, mm, no. So we're just hoping that one of them says, well, yeah, let's go for it, you know, and then hopefully that'll be, but that's our next step is to push out to Europe, you know, um, possibly up and down the UK because we, 
we are spanning out more, but it'd be nice to play some amazing venues in Wales and Newcastle and Scotland. And, you know, we are getting there, but it's there's nothing, unfortunately, set in stone at the moment. We're not at that level where we can start planning full-time, full-on tours and things like that. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. It's been fantastic to talk to you, Mark. Thank you so much for the uh, interview. And best of luck for the upcoming gigs, the EP launch, which is on the 7th, and the EP is out, Trial by Fire, on the 6th. So everybody needs to give that a listen when it's released. Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Well, that's another episode finished. It was great chatting with Mark, and go check out Dead Demons. There's also a release party on the 7th of October at the Jew Cruising Workshop, so go there. It's free entry. And they are definitely worth checking out live. Really recommend them. And of course, don't forget, you can find us on Instagram, X, that used to be Twitter. Does anybody really call it X? And threads at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're also on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Ready to Mosh. And don't forget to give us a five-star review. Write something nice on whatever streaming platform you're on, because that really helps. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Stop, Moog.